Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. And it's passion. And, and I even had Amber come up and with a sweet voice speak a scripture. But guess what? Whether it's a sweet voice or not, the word is still the word. Right? And we can't candy coat the word just because you're offended or easily offended. Right? So the first stage, this is a quick recap, the first stage of exiting, ex, uh, sorry, ex, the exodus process is exiting Egypt. How many want to be truly free in their life? Come on. Come on. I, I don't know. Me too. I, I'm going to be honest. Some people, I, I'm raising my hand more and stuff like this because some people think freedom as a one-time thing. Some people think deliverance as a one-time thing. No, no, I got to be delivered all the time. Come on, I got to renew my mind all the time. I got to stretch for a greater uh, dimension of freedom that I don't yield to junk and I don't get angry as much. Come on, somebody. So it's a process, but every time we are in the process of freedom, we must go through these phases. And they will come sometimes without your permission. And so the first stage is, is impossible. Everybody say it's impossible. To truly experience biblical freedom if our attachment and our love and our desire or most of our attention is on worldly things. It's just impossible. Some people say, I just can't get free because you're stuck on the first phase. The church needs to start exiting spiritual Egypt so they could get on a journey. Now, the second phase is what I'm going to talk about. The reason why I told you you know the story but you know the sermon is everyone that has been serving the Lord for a while knows what the next stage is. They got the children of Israel out of Egypt. Hear me now. This is important. After 400 years of indoctrination of the Egyptian way, of hard bondage, and they're leaving Egypt. By the way, it took like a miraculous event for the people of God to leave Egypt. Can I just pause? This is not in my notes and say it took, it was almost hard. I mean, nothing is hard for God, but just hear me out for a second. It was like bombardment after bomb of like miracles and power. And like, do you see yet to get the people of God to lose the, I mean, uh, the enemy to lose his grip on the people of God that we're exiting Egypt. And I feel spiritually, it's like that is one of the hardest phases, is to get Christians to let go. That's one of the hardest phases, and they can never fully let go. And that's why they never even go. Because watch this. I'm going to say something real quick. This is important. There's no shortcut to the promised land. That was, oh, that's, I'm going to say that again. There is no shortcut to the promised land. So guess what? You have to go through all phases to, because it strengthens your heart while you go through these phases. Are you ready for this? I'm going to read what I explained last week that I did not read. I could, we were uh, pressed with time. But I'm going to read, in my opinion, one of the greatest recaps of the Old Testament. It, now, if you ever want a, a, a short, like on steroids, recap of the story of Genesis from Abraham all the way to the Messiah... Read Stephen's address in Acts chapter 7. 
I mean, I took time reading that. I'm like, this guy was a scholar. This guy was a preacher. He knew the word. I'm, I'm talking about, man, I feel the Holy Spirit just talking about. I mean, he broke down to these Pharisees that were about to kill him, and, and he knew he was about to get stoned. And he explaining to them from Abraham all the way to Moses and the, the role that Moses played, basically God sending deliverer after deliverer after deliverer, and that the people of Israel kept rejecting the deliverers. Oh, man, I could preach on that. God is raising up deliverers in this house, and that's why God, the enemy is so against you, because you're called to deliver people out of darkness. And every time God raises up a deliverer, there's always a spiritual abortion trying to take place. That's a whole other sermon. But I'm going to tell you what, what the, the portion of our series is when Stephen started addressing the Pharisees. Are you ready? And he gave this story about Moses. Now watch this. In Acts chapter 7, oh, I feel the Lord already. Verse 30. Woo. Everybody say, I'm there. It's up there in the NLT. Look at this. This is a recap. This is a recap in the New Testament of principles in the Old Testament. But I'm bringing it. I'm, I'm using this because it, it, it capsulizes what I'm trying to say in this series. Verse 30. If you're there, say amen. Forty years later, Stephen says, he's, he's continuing on a previous conversation. In the desert, watch this, he's talking to these elders, these Pharisees, these people that are, are, that are, that are uh, incarcerating him. And he's giving his last speech. Imagine if you had one last, one last speech to share the gospel before to try to convince others of why this is happening. Listen, 40 years later in the desert near Mount Sinai, follow with me, an angel appeared to Moses in the flame. He's given a recap of a burning bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. He's just explaining the story again. And he went to take a closer look. The voice of the Lord called out to Moses, verse 32, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses shook with terror and did not dare to look. Then... The Lord said to Moses, take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I mean, this guy could escogite the scriptures, right? I have, verse 34, I have certainly seen the oppression, watch this, of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groans and have come down to rescue them. Now go, for I am sending you back to Egypt. Verse 35, so God sent back the same man, hallelujah, See, when you get delivered, you're just not delivered for yourself. He sent back the same man that was, grew up in Egypt. Come on, somebody. He grew up in the Egyptian ways as a Hebrew man. God, listen, he used, sent back the same man that his people previously rejected when they demanded who made you a ruler and judge over us. Through the angel who appeared to him in the burning bush, God then sent Moses to be their ruler and their savior. Watch this. Here's the stages. And by means of, watch, this is so important. Do not skip it. Many wondrous and miracle signs. Man, the church sometimes is very hard-hearted. It takes lots of miracles and signs to get people out of Egypt. Through many signs and miraculous, which is sad, by the way, and miraculous signs, he led them out of Egypt. Say Egypt. Look at the phases. Through the Red Sea. Say the Red Sea. Through the wilderness, say, say wilderness, for 40 years. Now, what is not said there but is implied is that after the 40 years, finally God sent just a couple of families and tribes 
to the promised land, which was Joshua and Caleb. Because everyone else stayed and died in the wilderness because they did not learn the lesson that God was trying to get them for 40 years. Imagine try learning a lesson over and over again for 40 years. Because we're so hard-hearted in our approach, right? So what, why, what is this second phase here? It's the Egypt phase. Now, no, sorry, it's the Red Sea phase. What am I saying? It's the Red Sea phase. Now, I want you to put it up there because... You, you, know the, you know the story, you don't know the message, I promise you. The Red Sea, the Red Sea, put, that, put that, um, that slide up there, is the place of decision. Everybody say decision. The Red Sea, say that with me, is the place of decision, whether I operate in faith or fear. I'm going to talk about this morning the power of a choice or decision making coupled when you and I face our Red Sea moments. Whenever you and I are on a journey to freedom, we will have a Red Sea moment. Now, I'm going to break this down because this is really, really important. The Red Sea presents itself in moments when you and I listen to me, are about to make some of the biggest decisions in our life. Please hear this because I feel the Holy Spirit all over me. The Red Sea presents itself in moments that you are about to make the biggest decisions in your life. Look at the screen up there. The biggest decisions in your life will most likely and often present themselves during your most scariest, most challenging, and most painful moments of your life. Let that sink in for a second. Let that sink in. I'm not saying big decisions don't come when you are real joyful and real, uh, and real at peace. But when you make big decisions, when you're at peace, it's easy to make faith-filled decisions. But when you make decisions and you are confronted with a seemingly insurmountable, impossible, intimidating reality in your life that suddenly approached you, you have a decision then to either make that decision by faith, watch this, watch this, or make a decision out of your emotion and out of your pain. And watch this, this is real key, most Red Sea decisions are so powerful that it can change your entire life of yourself and others. Why? Because if you look at the people of Israel, the decision that they had to make whether they will believe the promises of God that were priorly set before them that there was going to be out of Israel or they would operate by faith, watch this, the Red Sea is the great indicator whether your heart is filled with faith or fear when making a decision of a Red Sea caliber What's a Red Sea caliber decision? A Red Sea caliber decision is when you have come to a place where you thought God is going to do something because he promised you. And now that promise is taken away seemingly before your eyes. And then all of a sudden, you have been waiting for a long time for a certain promise. 400 years for Israel. Think about that. 400 years. Say 400 years. No one here, I mean, this generations, they finally get out. They come to the Red Sea. Now, listen, I'm going to break this down. And they begin to get frantic. Why? Because they realize that right there in that moment, they had to make a decision. 
Watch this. There's some people that will make decisions in their life that will affect their whole family, but it's not by God. It's an emotional decision or the voice of God is not speaking to you. It's the voice of pain. My God. Listen to me. Listen to me. I had someone, I'm not going to mention because I had somebody even in this encounter, this, sorry, in this journey weekend, I'm preaching the cross. I'm preaching the cross and I'm preaching and then the power of God was falling on the room. And all of a sudden I'm in the altar call and I'm having this conversation with this woman. Says, I don't want to be here. This is all fake. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm just telling you why I'm saying this. They had a, and, I, and, and out of my mouth said, I said, did you used to believe they said, yes, I grew up on all this stuff. Then I said, watch this. Without even knowing her, I said, then somewhere along the way, this is a full-blown conversation to alter. I said that somewhere along the way, you got hurt and made the decision based on hurt, not based on the Lord. Can I say something to you? Some of you are about to make a decision that is a wrong decision because it's a decision based on rejection and hurt and offense. And you're in a Red Sea moment in your life. And you used to have the money, but the money's not there. You used to have the job, but they fired you. Or they, you, you were supposed to have a promotion, and they're not there anymore. Or your kids used to serve the Lord. Now all of a sudden, one of them are backslidden, and you don't know what to do. And you're in a Red Sea moment, yet God promised you that you would get out and eventually go to freedom. Let me tell you something. The Red Sea is a test for you and I to see what's really in our hearts when it comes to decision making. One decision could change an entire family. Watch this. I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it in just a second. Because it's easy to say that your decisions in life will be filled with faith when you don't have Red Sea facing you in front of you. Now, I'm not talking, listen, I want to be very clear. I'm not talking about crossing the Red Sea. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about facing an insurmountable situation in your life. And in that insurmountable mountain-sized situation in your life, you have a decision either to believe God and his promises that he spoke to you, maybe when you were a child, and you actually see it with your eyes. Guys, the people actually got out of Egypt. They were seeing it. But as soon as they had a mountaintop experience in their life, they came with very bad emotional decisions. Listen, watch this. It's e- Listen, everyone's spiritual. Everyone's spiritual until the mountain comes to your house. Everyone's, everyone's saying, I, I wouldn't act that way. I wouldn't respond that way until the Red Sea comes to your home. Until you, all of a sudden, you're doing good. You're exiting. You're getting out. Listen, this is why whenever, let me give me a challenge for those people that went to Journey Weekend and everybody that just got a level of breakthrough, there is a Red Sea waiting for you to discourage you. It didn't happen before the deliverance. It happened after. Come on, I'm going to preach a little bit. After deliverance, there will always be a Red Sea moment to test your faith. 
to see if you would believe what God spoke to you. They actually saw, hey, we are walking out of Egypt. I saw the frogs. I saw the plagues. And I even saw, unfortunately, all the, the firstborn of Egypt die. And finally I hear the words, let them go. They're actually experiencing freedom. You know what, that, what I call that in modern day time? The, the, the momentary, the momentary uh, deliverance of oppression. That's deliverance. Deliverance, what I said last week, is the momentary uh, uh, removal of oppression, but freedom is the permanent removal of oppression. So they, so watch this, they got delivered, but they had no clue that God was actually taking them on a process because they now had to work on years of indoctrination of the ways of the world, so they had to come and face the Red Sea. And we will usually make the most very important decisions fueled by faith or fear when it comes to facing the Red Sea. Now watch this. I wrote this down. If we ever want to get to a place of sustained freedom and maturity in our lives, we will have to face Red Sea moments. I'm about to say something very powerful. Please hear me. Please hear me. Oh, I have so much to give you. Some of the biggest Red Sea moment decisions in your life is fueled by fear and anxiety and worry. And we, or pain, offense, watch, and we end up leaving places that God has never told us to leave. And we end up, listen to me, we end up getting to an emotional response thinking it's the Lord, but it's your pain talking to you. You know that pain and your desires feel a lot like the Lord's voice when you're in that pain. It's hard to bless somebody when you're in that pain. Come on, somebody. It's hard to, 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 to bless someone who just cut you off of their life, who just talked bad about you, who broke their trust in you, and you broke their trust in them, and then God whispers and says, forgive them, and not only forgive them, bless them. I guarantee you're not going to be like, oh, glory to God, I just can't wait. Man, this person, this family member just bruised me. Man, I can't wait. It's hard to make a decision that's faith-filled when you're facing a Red Sea. But watch this. It will reveal what's dominating your heart. Red Sea moments will reveal. You could talk the talk all you want, but the Red Sea will reveal what's in your heart. And watch this. Watch this. This is so good. I have come to realize, this is prophetically and symbolically, that the Red Sea, everybody has, say Red Sea, has a voice. <laughs> oh, I'm going to preach this morning. I'm going to preach this morning. I love this. The Red Sea has a voice. As I'm studying this, I heard the Lord say, there's voices of the Red Sea. If the Red Sea could talk and you're facing a financial situation, you're, you're facing a problem with your child, you're in a Red Sea moment and you have a decision to make. Watch this, watch this, watch this. I'm going to get there in a second. You're facing something uncomfortable in your church and you're thinking of leaving your church. Is it the Holy Spirit or is it your hurt? You're facing a decision. Listen to me. It has a voice. Everybody say the Red Sea has a voice. And it manifests in three main ways. Now, again, I didn't, write, I didn't read this in a book. I just read the Bible book. And as I'm studying, I, I clearly heard these three voices. There may be more, but I think of myself, if you and I just exited 400 years of our grandparents, our great-great-great-grandparents, slavery, bondage, and for the first time, prophecies being fulfilled, 
You're excited. Watch this. Then all of a sudden, out of the excitement, this hurt comes. This fear comes. I have seen so many people that just got delivered a week later, they're doubting if God is even real. I want to, no, 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 I'm serious. I want to warn everyone who just got delivered. And some of them are not here. They need to hear this. You just got baptized. I'm not, this is not condemning preaching. Get ready for the Red Sea to hit you. Because it's on purpose to try to get you out of the will of God. You want freedom? You have to face Red Sea. You just can't exit the world. There has, there's, Jesus said, in this world, you will, not might, you will experience tribulation. But be a good cheer, I have overcome the world. He never said you will be exempt from tribulation. He's like, you're going to go through the tribulation. You're going to go through tribulation, but be of good cheer, right? L- l- look at David in the Old Testament. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Lord, can I just take a shortcut? I mean, this is not a really good promise in the Bible. I say I walk through it. Can you just say? Can you just say I walked around it? And then we could quote the scriptures like, see, there's no darkness. I don't have to walk in darkness. No, you're going to walk through it. There's a phrase that says, if you're in the valley of the shadow of death, keep walking. Just keep walking. I, listen, I will fear no evil. That's a Red Sea moment. What's the first voice of the Red Sea? Are you ready? So watch this. You come. Don't shut up there. Don't do it up there. You, 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 you got saved. How many experienced freedom in the last month or two in your life? Come on. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on. This area you need to raise your hand too. How many experienced a breakthrough in the last month or two? Come on, let's be honest. Some are like, I don't know, I'm scared. I don't know if I do. What I'm telling you is the plan of the enemy and also the strategy of the, of the Lord to allow Red Sea moments so that your faith can grow. I've been talking to some of you because I'm your pastor, so I talk to you guys. And I realize that there's some, there's some of you that have situations that have suddenly changed in your family. You know what that is? Is so that you could start activating your faith because maybe you were on cruise control. Some of you have to be like, wait a minute now. I have to use my faith. I got to start quoting scripture again. I got to believe and be unmovable in this Red Sea moment. Watch this. And not make a decision based on fear and anxiety. And it's so easy. Watch this. The first voice, I want to just say this, is the voice of fear and intimidation. Look at that. Put that up. When you get to a Red Sea moment in your life, how many are in a Red Sea moment? Okay. Or maybe, how many of you have been in a Red Sea moment? So what is a Red Sea moment again? It is facing seemingly impossible, hurtful, painful, really uncomfortable situations that will force you. And this is key. I have to say it again. Red Sea is synonymous with decisions. if, If you get anything of this sermon is this. Decision making it's going to come at the biggest stress level of your life. But these decisions that I'm about to tell you, they're huge decisions. They're not small decisions. Because if they're small decisions, they would not be considered Red Sea caliber. The small decisions are, are always here. Well, what, what, what do we want to go to? What do you want to go to eat after church? You want to go to Chili's? You want to go to McDonald's? You want to go to this? You want to go to Heber's? You want to go to Cuban Cafe? Whatever. Those are small decisions. Should we go to SeaWorld or Disney World? Small no, 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 watch this, watch this. Should I leave the church? Should I not forgive? Should I get another job? Those are Red Sea caliber decisions. 
that is forced, and you watch this, please hear me, one decision could absolutely change your li- the course of, and trajectory of your life forever and it will change the trajectory of, you, of your family's life. One decision. I'm going to prove it to you in just a second. Some of you, you're making a decision not because of the Lord. It's just because you're tired. Well, just because you're tired doesn't mean that it's from the Lord. You'll end up regretting something. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. You're going to end up regretting something that you're about to do because you're facing a Red Sea moment and fear and anxiety and anger is coming out. Watch this. Watch this. Everybody say fear. fear. Intimidation. So what, what, put that slide up there again, please, guys. The voice of fear, intimidation, that's the first voice of the Red Sea. Say fear. fear. Intimidation. Let's keep it up there. How many can relate to this? I could. Watch this. It speaks while facing a seemingly impossible or scary situation in our lives. You know what that says in 2022? You know what the voice is saying is this, is I'm too big for you. You won't get past this. That's the voice of fear and intimidation. I'm going to crush you. Oh, come on, come on, come on. I'm going to mess you up. That's that, that's that choice you got to make. You're about to lose everything. Man, I feel the Lord. That's that voice of fear, intimidation saying, maybe I made the wrong choice. Maybe you did. That's up to the Lord to, to, to decide. Because we are a product of our decisions. <laughs> right? It's like the church is so... Is so thinking, so spiritual that God is just gonna, the preacher's gonna wave his hand and everything's gonna be, ha- be, be nice and dandy. Remember the lepers, the leper that went to the pool and, and Naaman, the guy, Naaman said, Hey, you have leprosy, go and dip in the pool seven times. And he's like, I ain't gonna dip in the Jordan. Are you crazy? You got leprosy. And the prophet said, Go into the Jordan, that dirty river, and, and, and listen, and dip seven times and then you will be healed. Wouldn't anybody in their right mind say, I don't care if it's dirty. If I come out healed, the prophet and said, I'll do it. He did not want to do it. It was a decision. And you know what he said? He goes, I thought the prophet, literally, word for word, was going to come out and wave his hand. That's what the church looks like today. Just wave your hands at me, pastor, and everything will be okay. Come on, lay hands on me, pastor. Lay hands on me. If I could just go to the altar call, all these financial problems will go away. No, you still have to decide to be a good steward. <laughs> you still have to decide to save money. You still got to educate yourself not to make emotional decisions. Everybody say decisions. So the first voice when you're in a Red Sea moment is fear and intimidation. Just lost your job. You didn't get promoted. Your family is threatening you. And this voice is saying, I'm bigger than you. And most of us, we cower away and we go the opposite direction. That's the goal. That's the goal of the voice. Fear has a voice and its goal is to silence you. Man, this is so good. I'm preaching to myself. Glory to God. So watch this, watch this. Are you getting something? Look at the second voice. The second voice, some of you are here. It's it's close. The second voice is the voice of doubt. When you come to a Red Sea moment in your life, you may not experience fear and intimidation, but you'll experience doubt. So 
Now watch this. It speaks to get us, watch this, this is key. What's the goal of doubt? To get us to forget about the promises, watch this, that God spoke to us at a previous season. Isn't it funny that when we are facing insurmountable, really stressful areas in our life, we actually have amnesia of what God spoke to us just a week ago? We develop this amnesia and we forget, I know I've been there, I've been there, I've been there. I've had a conversation. Look, thank God for Holy Ghost spouses. Come on, you better thank God for spouses that are Holy Ghost. Because when you're weak, your spouse can be strong in faith. And I was opening up to my wife. I said, babe, sometimes, it's just yesterday, I'll be honest, this is not, this is not scripted. I said, babe, sometimes I think, I, I know by faith I have to believe that I'm going to be healed. But I've tried so much everything. And I, I, sometimes I, I think I'm just going to live with this with all of my life. And thank God for a Holy Ghost wife. She, tur- I mean, not even hesitating. She goes, you won't because I saw it in a dream. You're going to be healed. But it was, it was like, it was, it was like no room. And I'm, and I'm like, and I'm sitting, I'm driving. I go, I know, I, I know, I know. I saw it and I, I believe it. You know. But it's hard when you're in so much pain all the time and everyone says you're going to be healed. That's my Red Sea, guys. I have to choose to believe in faith or I'm going to doubt God's promises. It's always during pain. That God, the enemy will get you to doubt and forget. And I love what, what, what my wife says. She goes, she goes um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I saw it in a dream. And then I texted her. I said, hey, babe, you know, thanks. I had a, I had a good day today. You know, sometimes with nerve, nerve condition is, is like, if those of you have nerve condition, it's a hit and miss, right? And I said, I had a pretty good day today. Uh, and then she texted me back. She goes, it's going to come permanently soon. Sometimes we need other people to help us make the right decision during a Red Sea moment. I better preach this morning. Listen, listen. They say don't go, don't, don't go shopping when you're hungry. Because you're going to get all like the stuff that you don't get. You're going to see the cauliflower that you never eat. And it's like wrapped in some sort of special thing. And you're like, oh, I'm going to get that cauliflower. No, you ain't. You ain't going to eat that cauliflower. I remember one time, I, I was like, I was hungry, and I went shopping, and I got a big jar of pickles. And, and my wife was like, babe, you ain't going to eat those pickles. Like, you watch. And so we made a bet. <laughs> she, said, she said, by next week, you ain't going to eat those pickles. I said, you watch. I mean, I, I buy it. It's because I like it. <laughs> I had two pickles, and then I had to throw away the, the jar. Are you ready? Because I made an emotional decision. Don't make decisions that will alter your life during your Red Sea moment that is filled with doubt. Just wait a little bit. Like, like, like go into a corner and, and, and duke it out with God. But don't make a decision yet. Because sometimes you make that decision and it's almost irrevocable. It's redeemable. It's redeemable. But sometimes it's not, it's, it's the, the, the consequences of your decision. Please hear me now. Please hear me now. could be catastrophic if you don't make the right decision in your Red Sea moment. Man, I'm speaking to somebody here. David, King, David, David, righteous King David had a choice in his Red Sea moment. He had several. And he went up to, 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 to kind of look out, and he saw a woman bathing. In those days, it was normal for women to bathe on the roof because they didn't have the system, shower systems that we have. And he, listen, and she was already married. King David, righteous King David had a choice, choice. Do I turn away in this moment 
and I, and I use righteous judgment or do I give in to the emotions that I feel right now? It's so easy to give emotions because it doesn't require any restraining power. Long story short, he made sure that her wife, sorry, her husband, Uriah, got drunk, sent him out to the strongest forces, made him die on purpose so it could appear that he died in battle, and then he, some say, raped her. Some theologians say that he raped her. Some people said that he just said, okay, well, the king desires to have you, right? Well, we don't read the rest of the story. She was probably kicking and screaming saying, I have a husband. He made a decision. Are you ready for this? It cost him because of that decision, one decision. He fasted for seven days. His baby came out as a stillborn. And you know what happened? The prophet came. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And he said, you're the guy. But because of this, because you, you repented, God is going to forgive you. But the blood will never leave your house. And that one decision, guys, zoom in on me. One decision that he made, made Absalom, his son, hate him. I know you say, what? No, no, no. It was a consequence because it was prophesied by the prophet. You will have bloodshed because of this. There's, watch this, there's consequences. Don't ever misconstrue forgiveness and consequence. There is forgiveness, but you still got to pay the price for what you did. Listen, listen, listen. If someone raped, I'm going to get graphic here, right? Raped your daughter. Please, please hear me. I'm, I'm graphic for a reason, right? Abused them against their will and for years was, uh, was not caught. And finally one day they caught him. Is the judge righteous, it, right, a righteous judge, if the perpetrator says, listen, I'm really a good guy. But I just had a moment. I just had one emotional moment, and I'm just sorry. Do you think that him just saying sorry is going to exclude him from the consequence of his decision? He's probably truly sorry. He, and the judge would say, yeah, I accept your apology, but you're going to jail. But you don't understand. I'm remorseful. Yes, you are remorseful, and that's between you and God. But you're going to pay the price. Guys, I feel in my spirit last night. Some of you are about to make a big decision that is emotional and it's filled with pain and it's not the Lord. Now, some of you are going to make decisions filled with faith and it's going to change. Watch, oh, you're going to shout at the end, change your entire family because of one decision, watch this, that you're about to make in your Red Sea. Watch this. I had a Red Sea moment, guys, and I decided that I'm going to step out in faith, not knowing if I was going to get a paycheck. And because I decided this, the yes and faith, just five years of being a church, we have this beautiful building. And I'm not saying it was all because of me, but I had to make that decision. Do I launch out or do I let fear hold me back? Watch the third voice. This is, this is the key. The key. Are you getting something? This is good. The third voice, this is very powerful, of the Red Sea. Now, I want you to listen to me, especially those who are new, especially those who just got delivered. The voice that tells us to go back to Egypt because it was better for you there. 
when you go through a difficult situation, just a month ago, you got baptized. Just a month ago, you went to Journey Weekend. You got delivered. You were jumping around. But the, what happens is you immediately face a Red Sea moment, and the voice said, it was better for you when you were in the world because you never got these attacks. Of course not, because you were not a threat to the enemy back then. When you got saved and you got born again, you're immediately enraging the enemy because he no longer has a grip of you. And now you are giving your testimony and turning people to the Lord, and he hates that. You are not a threat to the devil if you're in the world. I'm just going to give you good news here. You're not a threat to the devil. That's why it was all calm and you were lusting and you were doing But the moment you get to the Lord... The voice of the Red Sea says, it was, oh, my God, my God. It was better for you in the world. I've actually had people tell me, Pastor, I didn't have these many attacks when I wasn't even saved. The moment I got saved, Pastor, my family's all persecuting me. I'm having all these problems. It, watch this. It was better for me in the world. I prophesy this to you, that you will experience this third voice. If you just recently are trying to get your life right, there all hell will break loose. I know that's not a funny thing, but I'm just telling you to prepare you. Preachers nowadays don't prepare for what's coming. I'm not just talking about the end times. I'm talking about there's a red sea in your life coming. There's, I said there's a red sea in your life coming where you're like, wait a minute, I'm not comfortable anymore. And either fear or faith will produce the greatest results for you and your family. Watch this. Look at Exodus chapter 14. Oh, this is so good. Exodus 14. Are you ready for this, guys? Read this with me, so let this minister to you. And I feel in my spirit, some of you, you say, man, the moment I gave my life to the Lord, all these commitments, all these rules, all these, all these attacks. Why? Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood but it can spiritual wickedness in high places. Do you understand who you are when you, watch this, the reason why there's all these attacks is because the moment you got born again, now the righteousness of God is infused in you. Now the Holy Spirit is inside of you. Watch this. And now at the name of Jesus, you have the power to bind demons. Before, you didn't have that anointing. You didn't have that power. Can I tell you that the, the, when you get born again, it is the most miraculous superhero power that you could ever have. I was contemplating this again. Do we really know, uh, you know, Enrique said this during the prophetic time. Do you really know your identity? Now watch this. Red Sea moments will, will aim to, to quench your identity and authority in Christ. Watch this. Oh, this is good stuff. Say, turn to someone and say, this is good. Watch this. Verse 8. Look it, up, look it up on your screen. Exodus 14. Watch this. In the NIV. NIV. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Please hear me now. King of Egypt. So that he pursued the Israelites who were marching boldly. Now, now, now watch this, guys. L listen to me. It was God that hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Do you see that? Do you see that? I'm reading it. You just missed it. God. Everybody say God. It wasn't the devil that hardened the, the, the Pharaoh's heart. He says, I, the Lord, I'm going to make I'm going to make Pharaoh change his mind. Watch this. And pursue the people of God. Why? Because I want them to see if they love me for me, not for what I give them. 
So watch this. So I'm going to unleash the hounds who let the dogs out. God did. <laughs> watch this. No, 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 seriously. They just got delivered. I'm reading from the scripture here, so I'm not, I'm not saying this to me. All Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops pursued Israel. Now watch this. Think about you just got delivered. And now just a couple days later, you hear from a distance. And I'm talking about they're angry. Now you used to, you used to just serve them. And you were their slaves and instruments. Now they want to kill you. Kill you. Chariots. You don't get chariots if you're not going to kill. Watch this. Thousands of them pursuing the people that were exiting Egypt. Do you, hear, do, you see what I'm, do you see the analogy here? Do you see the analogy here? As soon as you exit Egypt, the enemy is going to send his forces to start coming after you. This is what the Bible says. Look, look, watch. Horsemen and troops pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea. Remember the third voice. What's the third voice? It's better where? I had it better where? Some of you are silent because you're thinking that right now. Or you've thought of it, and you're like, dang, he's calling me out. Watch this. Watch this, guys. This is good. Watch this. They pursued the Israelites, overtook them as they camped by the sea near five, uh, Hiroth, um, opposite Baal Zephon. Watch this. Keep going. Pharaoh approached the Israelites, looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them, the enemy marching after them. They were terrified. I would be too. Right? And cried out to the Lord. Hey, they finally cried out to the Lord. Right? Watch this. Keep reading. Watch this. They said to Moses, are you ready for this? Zoom in. You can, camera, you can zoom in on me now. Was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? What? That's like you guys getting free from addiction, free from demonic chains, and you experience freedom for, and peace for the first time in your life. And the moment you have problems, what you're literally saying is, I want to be bound again. That's what you're literally saying. Watch this. Watch this. God is not there for me. Go back to the world. He's not there for you. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Hello? Look at me. It would, what they're saying is, I had it better over there. Got quiet up in here. How many have thought, I know you're not going to raise your hand because you're embarrassed. But how many could actually agree with me that at one time in your life, you got saved, all hell broke loose, you didn't understand that it was part of the process, and so the voice of the Red Sea said, go back to the world. Hey, listen, listen, you, you want it, the voice, the voice of the enemy says, you want peace? You want peace? Stop serving the Lord. I'll leave you alone. See, the, the enemy is an opportunist. And he will say, I'll leave you alone. Watch this, guys. Watch this. Oh, this is good. Watch this. The people of Israel hadn't even entered the wilderness yet. They hadn't even entered the wilderness. And they wanted to go back to Egypt. And the sad thing that it took absolutely miracles from God to convince them to stay. Would it have to take an absolute miracle of God to convince you that he's real during your Red Sea moment? I'll be honest with you. The voice of fear, the voice of intimidation, listen, and the voice of saying that it's better in the world. Say emotional decision. 
right after your biggest victories will come a Red Sea moment. Watch this. And most of the time, it will be faced with fear and you will be making an emotional decision based on hurt. I talked to this uh, our, uh, spiritual daughter of mine. She gave me permission to say this. I have examples of this all the time in the church where somebody is about to make a life-changing decision. When I say life-changing decision, based on fear and hurt and not the voice of the Lord. So I was talking to one of my spiritual daughters. She knows who she is. I'm just not going to mention her name. She told me I could, but I'm not. And one of my spiritual daughters, she's here today. She's hearing me right now. I've known her for many years. And there was a time that, you know, let me pause and say, thank God for the voice of the Lord. Do you know that the, no, 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 I'm serious. Do you know that the voice of the Holy Spirit could interrupt you and say something to you about somebody and in your mind it doesn't make absolute sense. And you're battling with that like, what? No way. I encourage you, release it. Because the voice of the Lord, what I'm about to tell you, stopped one of my longtime spiritual daughters from making a decision based on emotion and hurt that would have got her out of this church. A couple years ago, there was something that was happening. There was some hurt, miscommunication. She felt betrayed by some things that were happening in the church. Because you know what? Church people are church people, and we do dumb things. But she was very hurt by that. <laughs> Amen. Some of you guys had flashbacks right now. It's like I'm a product of a dumb thing. Church people hurt a lot of people. And so what happens is that's a Red Sea moment, right? So I remember, I did not, did not know anything about it. I, and again, thank God, I always, Lord, Lord, let me be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Because one, one voice, watch this, this will preach. One voice from the Holy Spirit could deflect one bad decision that someone's about to make. Ooh, that is good. That is good. I'm preaching good right now. I don't care if you clap or not. That is good. That's not written in my notes. One voice, only say a word, could shift everything that you, something somebody's about to make based on a Red Sea moment that is emotional and scared and telling you to go back. So I'm prayed up, as I always do, and I come out, and I hug everybody sometimes when I come. This is a couple years ago. And I hug this person. As soon as I made contact, I've never said this publicly. I've said it, you know, privately. But as soon as I made contact with this person and I hugged him, Long-time spiritual daughter. I heard the voice of the Lord. Clearly. Music is in the background. And the Lord said this. And I never forget it. She goes, she's about to leave. Just like that. She is about to leave the church. No, 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 no. And I heard the Lord clearly. And I knew it was going to happen. I knew it in my heart. I knew it in my heart. Long story short, that day, it was set, it was set up. Um. Little did I know, I talked to this person later. They were texting someone saying, I, I, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I got up in this, this podium right here, and I felt from the spirit. I said, some of you are about to make a decision, something like that, that is, that is out of pain. And it's going to uproot you from where God has called you to be. And then all of a sudden, Shalini came up. Like It was, un, it was not, 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 not planned. Shalini came up, who hardly ever comes, and she's crying and weeping. And she's feeling the word that I'm saying. This prophetic word. And she's crying and she's gone. She goes, I was a victim of that, of that hurt. And I made this, you know, and, and, and I, I, I was going to make decisions that was going to hurt me. And there's some people in here, you're about to make a decision. I'm just paraphrasing. Out of your hurt. Well, long story short, after that service, we talked. We privately talked. We had a FaceTime. And they admitted they were about to leave. 
And the root of it was, and I remember saying this, it was your pain speaking to you, not the, not the voice of the Lord. Hear me what I'm saying. Some of you are facing a Red Sea moment now, financially. A Red Sea moment now in your family. And your temptation is to get up and run. I want to speak to the runners for a moment. I'm serious. I have talked to so many people throughout my life, and I call them runners. The moment stress happens, the moment pain comes, the moment an insurmountable situation is, they're even in leadership, and they run. They want to run. They want to run because it's easier for them not to think about all what's happening, and it's easier for them to run. And they drop behind them jewels and pearls that was supposed to be for that season. And the enemy picks it up. Or somebody else takes it. I would like the worship team to come up, please. I wasn't planning on sharing this, but please, please, this is fresh off the oven. Are you getting something this morning? I'm going to say something, and I know this is recorded, but I'm, I'm not going to say the department, but I had a dream last night. I want everyone to listen to me, right? This is really important. Because I'm talking about the Red Sea, and I'm talking about decisions. Everybody say, Red Sea produces the type of decision that I'm going to make. Say it one more time. Say the Red Sea will produce the type of decision I'm about to make, whether it's fueled by faith or fueled by fear. How many by the raising of your hands? Don't even, let's not even say Red Sea because uh, nobody wants to, uh, you know, associate yourself with that. But how many in the, la- in the last month are facing a real decision that you have to make? Okay, you've been contemplating it, okay. Don't raise your hand in this one. How many of you are about to make a decision deep down inside, don't raise your hand, that you know it's fueled by someone hurting you? Or someone or someone or something happening to your family? Listen, I'm going to lovingly warn you, you can't see straight when you're making that decision. You need to get around people of God. You need to get around the presence of God and make the right decisions. Don't run. Watch this. Stay. What I didn't tell you is if you read the rest of the story, Moses said, stand still. Now, he didn't say it would be easy if Moses said, hey, guys, hey, guys, the Lord spoke to me. Moses didn't say it. The Lord knew. The Lord told them that he was going he to lead them through. It would have been easier for Moses to say, hey, guys, all this is a test. Can you imagine that? All this is a test. Oh, okay, good. So, so it's going to seem like the, the Egyptians are going to slaughter us. But I heard from the Lord, he's going to protect us. No, they didn't know. Screaming, ah, it would have been better to go back to Egypt. He goes, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord today. Watch this. Today, the enemy that you see, you will no longer see them anymore. Read it for yourself. He said, today, the enemy that has been pursuing you all this time, they're going to be drowned and you're going to see it. Watch this. Watch this. If you stand long enough, you will see the enemy drowned. If you make the right decision, suddenly you will see something turn around for you. If you don't flight, if you don't run, if you stay and you trust the promises of God, that Red Sea is about to open up. Israelites didn't know it. But God did. They just wanted to see how long they could stand in faith and believe.
I had a dream last night. Please listen to me. I've never shared this. This is hot off the oven. I was contemplating if I would share or not, but I feel the fear of the Lord on this, so I'm going to share it. And I want everyone to listen. No distraction on my leader. Say, listen. I'm not going to say the department. I'm not. But I had a dream last night, and I don't hardly remember dreams. And I woke up. I remember waking up like at 7 something. I'm like, okay, might as well just you know, continue. And that dream was so vivid. There was secret, there was a department, and I know who, the, the, I know exactly what department this is in our, in our church. They were secretly uh, sending letters in this dream to certain other people in the department saying stuff like, well, Pastor George promised this, and, he, and then he gave it, or the church didn't do this, or I, and they were passing letters in this dream, and well, I, I don't like how they handle this. I'm, I'm not saying this because I, I'm having something like this now. Because I'm not. I'm just saying this is the dream I had. I don't like this. Uh, things, and they were passing it to other people. And I started seeing people seeing, seeing those, uh, those letters and getting confused in the dream. And in the dream, some of them got up and left. And I woke up. I said, what is this? And the Lord, and the Lord said, the enemy is trying to infiltrate because some people may not get things their way and they're, watch this, I heard this clearly they're about to make an emotional decision that, that's going to cancel them out of the position that I've given them and I woke up and I prayed against it right? I prayed against it but be careful that just because you don't get your way that it's your sign to bounce maybe God is teaching you submission Submission doesn't even begin until you disagree with something. Submission doesn't even begin until you disagree with something. Then you activate submission. You don't need submission power to receive $500 from me. You don't have to resist me. You'd be like, thank you, pastor, thank you. But if I say, which I don't, but if I say, in order for you to be a key leader here, you have to scrub the toilets every week. I don't say that. I don't say that. But you know what would happen if I did? Does this person know who I am? I came from such and such in church. Now I'm here. What are you talking about? Go through classes. Go through classes. Yeah, the about us. And the, and the volunteer. <laughs> Do you know who I am, though? I was such and such. I was at such and such. I was a singer. Maybe God is trying to tell you that you can't have authority unless you learn how to submit, Right? Now, that was for free. That wasn't in my notes. I'm closing, but nowadays, Christians can't even last six months after being delivered because at the first sign of trouble and Red Sea, they want to quit everything. They stop coming to church. Their vocabulary changes. Come on, somebody. I, I think we just need to get back to facing the Red Sea and analyzing the Red Sea that if the Red Sea is there, it's only there to try to strengthen your faith. It is not there because remember, it was God, not the devil, who hardened the Pharaoh's heart because he wanted to see if the people will make the decision of faith instead of fear. And unfortunately, it broke God's heart. It doesn't say that, but I can imagine a majority of the people of God says, Take me back to the world! 
I'm going to prophesy this to you because I hear this, I hear this in my spirit. Some of you, you went back to your house and you had intense arguments with some of your family members. Some of them are persecuting you because of your faith. Some of you feel lonely now because you've left the world and now you're alone and, and your worldly buddies are not there and you feel a tug of war and the whisper of the Red Sea is saying to you, it was better out there. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. But the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. He doesn't have lies. He's the father of lies. And what the enemy will do is he will convince you that what you're thinking is from you, but it's from him. Oh, God. I want to take really, because this is powerful. What I'm about to say, I'm going to end with, 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 two, with two biblical characters, two or three, that had Red Sea moments. Please listen, because this is the, I, I said all this to say this important thing in the next couple of minutes. There's key biblical characters, I, I just picked two or three, that faced Red Sea moments, not the physical Red Sea, but Red Sea moments in their life. And watch this. One decision changed their whole trajectory of their calling and their lineage. One, one decision. Everybody say one decision. Everybody say one decision. I'm talking to business people here. Say one decision. I'm talking to church hurt people. Say one decision. I'm talking to leadership people here. Say one decision. See, leaders, my leaders, you have a decision to make. How do you talk about me to your, your people? How do you talk about the church? You may smile in front of me, but in your family, how do you talk about the, the church? I'm talking to the leaders here. I'm talking to the business person that's about to make a decision that's an emotional decision. And it's not a God decision because it's filled with fear. The first person that had a Red Sea moment, and I'm going to skip some because I, I want to get to the last one. Oh, my God, you're going to shout. The first one is Esther. Esther had a big decision to make that would not only affect her life. Watch this. This, this is pretty, pretty big. The whole entire Hebrew race of people in Persia. Because they were in Persia at that time. And Esther was a Jew. And she won the Miss Persia pageant. Because all throughout the land, King Xerxes was mad because his first wife, Vash, is it Vashti, right? His first, I read the whole thing of, of Esther, man, just for this sermon. I just reread the whole story real quick. I encourage you to read it. But, but Vashti's like, I don't, I don't want to parade my beauty. So they banished her. They looked for... Uh, uh, a, a, a replacement for her. Watch this. Listen to me. This is important. Esther now gets elevated because of her beauty to like one of the top candidates. And then she eventually becomes the king's wife. But he still doesn't know that she's a Jew. And there's her uncle or her cousin or her like surrogate father, Mordecai, would not bow to this guy, Haman. Every time he, Haman would pass by, everyone would bow to him. But, Haman, but Mordecai go, I ain't bowing to you. We need some spiritual gangsters in the church, man. You know, I, 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 am bowing, I am bowing to you. You know, some of you, you are tough in the world. What happened to you? No, 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 seriously. Use that same boldness against the enemy. You were gangsters in the world, and now 
You let the enemy topple over you. Say, no, I'm not going to bow down to that devil. No, 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 no. I'm not going to bow to that voice that tells me it's better back there. No, get behind me, Satan. Not today. Not today. Mordecai goes, I am bound to you. Do you know who I am? I could Watch this. So Haman says, you know what? King, now he was already in a high official. Listen to this, high leader. He goes, there's a group of people that don't honor you at all, King Xerxes. Hey, listen, let's annihilate not just one, all of them. Now watch this. This is key. I was reading it yesterday and I was like, what? It went all the way, like, you know, the legislature, we have legislative congress. It actually says it was martial law. They had it in signet sign. Watch this. At a certain day, could you imagine? They said, at a certain day next year, all of the Jews will be annihilated on this day. And all the provinces got that letter. Imagine, imagine, let's just, just for a second. The government gets a letter in these last days and says to all of the representatives, all the governors, and all the mayors, on this date, all the Christians are going to be annihilated. Watch this. Are you ready for this? But there's one Christian that has favor with the government. And that one Christian, the Esther, Mordecai says, hey, listen, you have a decision to make. Now, she was afraid. Don't tell me she wasn't afraid. She was afraid. And the Bible says she fasted for three days because she was so afraid. Because if she approached the Persian king without proper protocol, I don't care how beautiful she was, because the Bible says Vashti was very beautiful. If you look at it, Vashti was very beautiful. So he was used to beautiful women. If she did not have the proper protocol and she just came in desperate, she would die. So watch this. She had a decision. If I say decision, this is a Red Sea moment for her. If I stay quiet, I can spare my life because I don't know if that king is going to accept me. And Mordecai goes, I love Mordecai. He was a little gangster too. He, he goes, hey, hey, send this letter to Esther and say this. If you don't rise up, deliverance will come through another person. We may all get slaughtered, but you're going to pay the price for saying no, basically. Basically saying, I just want you to know, it's your time, Esther. But I'm going to die. It's your time. you got a decision to make. Do you spare your life and spare the rest of all of us? Or have faith and maybe he'll hear you. So, you know, she had a decision. Everybody said decision. She didn't make an emotional one. She made a faithful decision. And and she busted through those doors. And I can imagine the king going. Slowly lifting up the scepter saying, what's going on? The story is she tells him, hey, I'm a Jew. There's There's this person who has an evil plot to, to, to kill all the Jews, and he's in your courts. And she's like, okay, what do you want to, what do, you want to do? And, and I love it. I never saw this before. I never, what I'm about to say, I never saw it before. I was reading Esther again, and you know in Esther chapter 1, the Bible says that King Xerxes loved festivals. He loved banquets. So Esther goes, let's throw a banquet. In other words, I'm going I'm I'm to pull on your heartstrings. I'm going to do what you like to do. And in that banquet, I want you to expose this evil person. It ended up, ended up, that decision, saving an entire race of people, risking her life in a Red Sea moment, 
and then Haman got killed. Now watch this. This is the last one. Are you ready for this? I had many, but this one blew my mind. Everybody say one decision can change my entire family and my heavenly calling. I'm serious. I'm about to share something with you that some of you are in this area. Rahab the prostitute. Listen to me. Rahab the prostitute in the Old Testament. She was a harlot. She made money by selling her body. Look it up. And having sexual relationships with people, and that's how she got money. The, can you imagine? The Bible called her the harlot. Man, you got to be if the Bible calls you that name. Watch this. Watch this now. Watch this. Joshua was now the leader. And they had no cell phones, no newspapers, yet the Bible says everybody in Jericho heard what happened, how the Lord delivered Israel. And they were all f- afraid because they were coming to them. The Bible says that everyone was afraid. Now watch this, watch this. So Joshua sends two spies. He goes, spy out the land. Now you have to understand, there are thousands of guards on high alert because they kind of sense the people of Israel, the God that just delivered them from the Egyptians. Egyptians were stronger than that from Jericho. They're coming to us. Let's be on high alert. Two guards, two spies go to this harlot's house. Listen, this, this house of a prostitute. And she's probably thinking, okay, it's not time yet, but what do you guys want? Let's just be honest, we're all adults. They're like, we're not here for that. Listen to me, we're not here for that. And they started talking to them, and as soon as she, they started talking, the authorities started knocking on her door. Hey, we heard that these spies are here. She had a decision. She had a decision. And she privately told them, she goes, we know that the Lord has delivered your, your God is going to conquer our land. She goes, I'm going to hide you. But please, and I'm paraphrasing, please show mercy to me and to my family. Watch this. When you guys take over. Now watch the decision. What's the decision? She's living in her hometown. She has a decision. Do I hide these foreign spies that she had no relationship to? They weren't buddies. Do I hide these spies that are going to overtake my house and the whole uh, uh, place of Jericho? Or do I expose them in my fear and say, they're here. Do you guys know that they had enough military there to actually overtake those two people? It was almost impossible to escape with all those military there. Now watch. She chose. Watch this. Everybody say chose. I saved the best for last to save them and so the people said okay when we come and conquer this land put that red scarlet on top that blood the blood of Jesus it's a foreshadow Ah, I want you to put that red thing that red scarlet on top and when we destroy this we're going to have mercy on you but make sure your whole family's in the house they come in they conquer right watch this now watch watch she eventually she eventually becomes part of the Jewish custom. They take over. The children of Israel take completely over of Jericho. Watch this. She now is adopted. The only one in Jericho that's alive with her family. Now adopting to the Jewish culture. Now watch this. Oh my goodness. Watch this. Watch this. And then Rahab decision not only changed her life from annihilation. She became the great 
great-grand-daughter of King David. And you know, do you know that this harlot, what's harlot? Rahab was a prostitute. She gave birth to Boaz. Yes, that Boaz. The one that all the ladies talk about. She gave birth to Boaz, the Redeemer, that was going to redeem Ruth. Ruth married, listen, Ruth married Boaz, and watch this. Some of you think genealogies are boring. I'm going to shout right now because one decision had put her into the lineage, not only of King David, but that harlot was in the lineage of the Messiah that came out of her Lineage, the Messiah. Don't tell me that a decision can't change your life. Don't tell me that one decision can't change. She could have said, these are the people. But listen, listen put that scripture up there real quick because I feel the anointing. That scripture in Matthew. Look at this, look at this, look at this. Real quick, real quick. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Watch this. That, that, that last scripture in Matthew, put it up there for, for the people. You got it? You guys got it? There it is. Watch this. Genealogy. Everybody say genealogy. One decision made this possible. She could have reacted emotionally. Look at this. Ilya, this is boring, right? No, no, verse 1, the one through 5 and and the one that I gave you before. Let me just read it. They're ahead of themselves here. It's Matthew. Where is this at? I'm going to read it because Matthew 1, verse 1 through 6. This is a record NLT of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah. The descendants of David, if I say David, and of Abraham. Watch this. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac, the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Judah. We all know that. His brothers, Judah, was the father of Perez and Zerah. Oh, glory to God for those names. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Imagine naming your son Ram. Come here, Ram. Ram was the father of Abinadab. Abinadab was the father of Nation. Nation was the father of Solomon. Now, now it gets good. Watch, watch this. Solomon was the father of Boaz, whose mother, whose mother, whose mother. Wait, wait, wait. Solomon was the father of Boaz, the Redeemer, whose mother was an ex-harlot because of one decision. Now, she had a generational curse. Now she had a generational blessing. One decision. One decision turned her generation from cursing and addiction. Come on. And, and sexual activity. She had a choice to make. And that choice said, okay, now you're going to give birth to Boaz. This way. Watch this. Watch this. Whose name is Rahab. Uh, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, watch this, was the father of Obed. This is great great grandmother, whose mother was Ruth. Watch this. Obed was the father of Jesse. We all know Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. Look at the lineage. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba. Watch this. Verse 16, real quick. And 17, I'm closing. Iliad was the father of Eliezer. Eliezer, the father of Methan. Methan, the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary gave birth to Jesus called the Messiah. I don't know about you. But one decision changed her royal heritage. One decision made her from darkness to light. 
She could have had an emotional decision based on fear, but she said, no, I'm going to face this Red Sea by faith. And her name became known as the mother of Boaz, the great, great granddaughter, mother, sorry, listen, of King David and the lineage of the Messiah. If God could use a harlot to make one decision and turn her life around, surely God can use you. If you're about to make a Red Sea decision, stand up. Come on. If you're in the Red Sea, I want everyone to stand up. Everyone to stand up. Come on. Come on, come on. I want everyone to lift up your hands right now. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, church, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. God is going to rid you of an emotional decision today. Come on. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.